Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Welcome back, everyone, to the PCS to Corporate America podcast. This is your host, Pete Van Epps, and your other host, Joel Junker. And we're going to do a mini-sode this week where we talk about really the three common pain points that we hear from military officers day in and day out and really address them and speak to them specifically around what we see and how we help officers navigate some of the challenges. So, Joel, welcome in. Glad to be back with you here. All right. Thanks, Pete. I'm excited to talk with you again and do another mini-soda with some of my favorite ones. <laughs> so, so let's get right into business. And so, I think the the we understand part, you know, maybe maybe in order to validate that we understand, just for those listeners maybe that are new to the podcast or new to Camera Brooks or don't know your background or Mac, my background, in order to talk about the fact that we do understand, why don't you share a little bit just real quick about your background from the military? So I transitioned out uh, 24 years ago, um, I back here in about a week. Uh, not a week, actually three days. August 31st, 1999 was my last day of active duty. Um, started work with Cameron Brooks on the end of July uh, of 1999. And I left active duty um, and I, I thought it would be an, in, an easy decision. Uh, it ended up being a little bit more difficult than I thought because I, when I did ROTC and made the decision to, to serve it, I thought, hey, this is just going to be four years. I want to serve, but I don't want to do any longer than that. And I did really value the service of the country, the people that I worked with, the friendships that I made, um, and and I did well. I was good at it. Um, and my commanders did a good job of giving me a lot of things to think about when I talked about leaving the military. But in the end, I made the decision to leave for a better quality of life. Susan, my wife, uh, was pregnant and we were leaving with our first daughter um, and who actually was born on August 31st, my last day of active duty. Uh, and she, and uh, we just felt like it would be a better quality of life for us to be out of the military. I also, um, I wanted a, more control over my career. I didn't like for me personally um, being told that when my next assignment was going to be and didn't have a lot of input back then very little input on where the next assignment would be. I think they made some changes since then. Um, and I think that's to your point, Pete, that we we understand, but I think that I understand more too why, what people are thinking about when they get out and some of their concerns just because of with 24 years of doing this, there's those common themes of why people get out. And frankly, they really haven't changed. Probably since Rodney Cameron invented this whole industry back in the seven, in the late 60s. Mm -hmm. I want to. I want to give you. You know, I could. I'll just car, copy paste, <laughs> at least to a large degree. Um, I got out of the military at the five year mark. I was married with a one year old, and uh, an exact same thing. It's funny about the quality of life, and maybe we can just start by addressing that one because, because I thought when I got out of the military, um, it, it would it would be it would be better, and I do feel like it was better, but but it's definitely different. Um, I got out of the military because I wanted, I was getting ready to go on a deployment. I had a one-year-old and I, and I was thinking to myself, you know, that that's, I don't want to leave my kid for the amount of time that I did to go on a deployment. I want to be able to have a job where I can 
work hard and do well, but also have some freedom and flexibility to raise my children and be a good husband to my wife and 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 serve in other capacities in the community. And sometimes the military made it a little bit harder to do that. So let's why don't we just jump into quality of life first? Because what I want to ask and what I want to hear from your from you, Joel, is is it what you expected? So you left the military, primary reason, hey, I want better quality of life. Is it what you expected? I'm gonna I'm going to talk a little bit about me, but first I'm going to talk about the the hundreds and th- uh, probably close to a thousand alum that I talked to yeah. in four, over the last four or five years, and certainly thousands over 24 years of our alum that I've helped transition out and post-talk with them um, about their lives in corporate America. I, and I'm here, I, one thing, theme that I hear is, is you said it's different. It is different. Uh, and I do think that the majority would also say better in terms of mm-hmm. quality of life. What does that mean? I think better means a lot of different things. Um, it, yeah, I think almost every one of them would tell they tell you that they are working a lot of hours, um, especially in year one. And there's these, I think that in year one, there's this, this ramp up phase and things just take longer for you to get done, take you things to learn. You're trying to prove yourself and establish yourself. And that may stay that way or be periods of your, of your career where you are going to work some really long hours. I mean, I was in here at the office yesterday at 7.45 and I left the office at 6.45. I don't know how many hours that is, but it feels like a lot. Um, and you know, the weekend before we were working for a career conference um, for me, but I think that the, the, what are, even though there's a lot of hours, this is what the alum says, it could be a lot of hours. It's very predictable. Things are a lot more predictable and there's a lot more control of what you do and when you do. Let me just give you a couple of examples um, you know, there's uh, predictability. You're, there's very rarely is they, uh, rarely they're going to say, "Whoops, you need to go away for 30 days," and this just came up. And now go like it happens in the military, or there's a we don't know if we're going to deploy or we're going to go or we're going to do this, and it gets delayed. There's a lot of unpredictable things. It's hard to plan around in the military, and that weighs. It can create some stress. And you majority strong majority well, don't want to say things in absolutes. You're just going to find that. Things are very scheduled and predictable. I have a, a vacation planned in early October that my wife gave me for my 50th birthday in April. And that's never been in jeopardy. Never been in jeopardy. You're going. I'm going. <laughs> uh, right. and, well, it could be in jeopardy if something weird happens. Yeah, but not from the business, not from the business standpoint, right? right. It's going to happen. Yeah. Um, we, you know, we're planning for a, a, a trip to you know, have a family reunion over the holidays. That's not in jeopardy either. Um, and, you know, I left in July. I'm a little bit older and I hear alum doing this too. So I'm a little bit older where I have the ability to do this, uh, to go work remotely for a day or two, um, to visit my uh, mother-in-law who is ailing. Um, and I was able to do that. So they, these are the flexibility and things. I, again, this is me. But I think if I talk to the alum, they're going to tell you they have that flexibility to do different things as well, just a better quality of life. But I, I don't think quality of life means... I'm working less hours. Right. I mean, now I know here military officers sometimes they're saying they're working 16 hours a day. That would be a little egregious in the mil- in the business world. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not unheard of to be. I don't know, Pete. What 50, 55 hours a week, something like that. It's, it's certainly what's well, certainly just not. A, if you want to be a development candidate, it's not going to be 40 hours a week. One of the things that I that I think about with quality of life as well is the nature of the work. And and please, I'm not disgruntled. Um, but in the military, my experience at least was 
you know, the nature of the work and really, you know, the whole training cycle, it was very repetitive and it was kind of like, what, okay, what's the point? What are we doing? Occasionally the first sergeant would come around and send some soldier out to paint a rock. And I thought to myself, okay, this is, <laughs> this is not the part of an organization I want to be, be in long-term. And I, I want to be real careful in the way that I'm describing this because I did, Joel mentioned this earlier, I did have a sense of of duty and I thought it was noble to serve and I'm glad that I had an opportunity to serve. But I will say in the time that I've been out of the military now, 20 plus years, the nature of my work, I always feel like what I'm doing contributes to the organization in a successful and a positive way. And so I think sometimes the quality of life component isn't like, okay, like Joel said, I only work 34 hours, 35 hours a week. And, you know, I, you know, do other things for the other half of my life. I, I feel like the, the work is still there because as my pastor loves to say, work is work. But I feel like some of my quality of life is derived just by the nature of what I get to do and how I get to help people and how I get to serve people. And it it's not a burden. I mean, it's still work, but it's just, it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like a burden. It's just, I think the point we're trying to make is that it's different. Different. And try not to equate quality of life with working less hours. It could come from a better quality of life because maybe you're you enjoy your work more. Maybe you are using more of your skill set. Maybe you're finding uh, more intellectual stimulation with it. These are just examples. Of some thoughts that I've heard from our alumni, or you have more control, which we're going to get into in a second. Or there's more predictability um, uh, that you would have. But by far and away, when talk to the alumni, and you can listen to all the different episodes of interviewing our alumni. Mm-hmm. The quality of life for them is better. But that's not to say that absolute for everybody, the quality of life will be in business. Because if you're sitting here here and you're on the fence and you really do like serving in the military and you enjoy that and you connect with it, we need people like you. Absolutely. We appreciate that. You might find a better quality of life in the military because that work is so meaningful and that community is so meaningful mm-hmm. to you. My old, my former company commander, uh, lives here in San Antonio. I actually serve on an advisory board now at a local university with him. We reunited after being away for 24 years. I hadn't really talked to him, um, but we ended up on this board together randomly uh, for Shriner University. And um, I think he had a phenomenal quality of life while he stayed in and he deployed to Iraq. And it was really, it was a good fit for his family. would never judge that to be right or wrong for somebody. So do people, if you're sitting on the fence, I think yeah. you just have to figure out which one would be best for you. Yeah. So that's a kind of a good jumping off point. I think Pete to jump to number two, career control. Yeah, control over your career. And, and you know, I, I think in the military, whether you have a monitor or a branch manager or a detailer, as you all know, you don't really have to think much about the next job because you've got someone that is managing your career for you, good or bad or indifferent, someone's doing it for you. And I know different services have started to introduce different um, means, marketplaces and other things in order to try to have more control. And I think the military is trying to do a good job of that. And look, for some of you, you like that because there's comfort in the fact that you don't have to manage. You just know that on a certain day, you're going to get a certain set of orders and that's going to tell you where to go and you don't have to think about it and you don't have to deal with it. It just, it just, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I think, again, for some people, they actually, I think, appreciate that. But for the officers that we spend a lot of time with and talk with, they want to have more 
say, more of the ability to make a choice about what's next for them. Thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I think that uh, I'm, I think the military is trying to do a better job of this. Um, I'm for some reason either just hearing from the army officers uh, more maybe than the some of the other uh, branches of the military. I, I know the army has this new or it's not new, it's a couple of years old, where they have a, the system where you can apply and then you interview and things like that. They're trying to get there. So maybe there's going to be a little bit more control over the career. Um, I, I do think in, in from my perspective, again, this is biased everybody, right? Because I've spent the 24 of my 28 years of my professional working life in business is it probably that you have more choice and variety. I mean, if I was staying as an armor officer in the army, there's or if you're a service warfare officer in the Navy, whatever it may be, you have probably a limited number of variations of what you could do. The business world, there's just every company's so different, every industry's so different. You start putting together, it's your, it's it's kind of your leadership style, it's with your education, it's your experience, it's your industry, it's this company. Put all that together and reminds me of my finite math class in, in college. It's almost like this infinite number of options that can start availing to you and you can choose to do different things and you have control over that. I would say one other thing, Roger used to say, this sounds a little harsh, um, but the military has a hard time with retention. I'm sure you listening to this, you, you, just, you probably see a lot of junior officers leaving the military, has a hard time with retention. Well, they can do that because every year you're commissioning thousands of officers. You're, you, have a, you have offices throughout the country to recruit enlisted people. You have Marine Corps has officers stationed in the in cities to go to across the universities to get people. I mean, this is this whole emphasis to do that. In business, we put a lot of emphasis on retention for good people because it's hard to hire, bring them on, and you don't want to start that process over again. And so that control of your career, your boss, your company wants to hear from you what you want to do. Why? Because if you're good, they want to keep you. Mm-hmm. They want to keep you. And that's a hard thing. I think I'm still, I'm 50, 24 years in. I think I still have a hard time with that. It's something that the mentality of the JMO has to get get over. Like, hey, companies want to keep you. You got to have, you got to talk. You got to communicate about what you want. One of the things that I think, one of the hardest things I think for a military officer to deal with, you know, if you grow up in the military, even if you're a four or five year officer, if you grow up in the military where other people are controlling your career when you're a year or two or maybe two and a half years in your first job in corporate America, it things start to feel a little uncertain because every other time in the military when it's been two and a half or three years into it, you're like, okay, where's my next set of orders? And so I think there's a learning curve to how building a network and your performance all pour into your ability to get promoted and the fact that you have to take ownership of managing your career. And if you've never had to do that before, again, there's just a bit of a learning curve. I think after that first major promotion in corporate America, everyone just kind of understands that that it is it it isn't all laid out for you. And again, for most of you, you're you may be thinking, okay, good, I'm glad it's not laid out for me. So I have the ability, as Joel said earlier, with this infinite amount of choices to find the things that I'm good at, the things that will satisfy me and the things that can really contribute to the organization. But I do think that there is a an initial kind of and I and, and it's because I get to have these phone call conversations and other conversations with officers for pretty regular. As a matter of fact, I got one yesterday over at LinkedIn, a, a guy that's been in been in his company for about a year. 
And he's kind of getting to a place where he's like, I don't know what's next. And so he and I are scheduled to talk a little bit later today. But the bottom line is when you get to manage your control career and control your career in that first step from the job you've taken out of the military to the next one, there is going to it, it is going to feel a little bit more uncertain. And I want to try to, you know, for those of you listening, calm your nerves, at least give you perspective on what's to come. Cause a lot of times, um, you know, I have conversations with someone and, you know, they're they're saying, I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next. And then they give me a call three months later. Hey, just FYI, you just got promoted. It, it's almost like it came out of the blue. And, uh, and, and I think a lot of times that's how it starts in corporate America. I want to land this point with a short story with a gentleman that we placed. Um, it'll be 12 years ago now. And um, he, he works for a, a, a beverage company. He's actually at a brewery. Um, and major brewery, a major brewery. Yeah. And, um, he, his goal is to be a brewery manager, plant manager someday. And, um, he's right now doing a continuous improvement, uh, company corporate continuous improvement, but he's going all the plants and stuff like that. And he really likes it. So they had some changes at this plant that he does a lot of work with. And they've asked him to go to be into a certain role. That he's actually already done before because they just, they need so much help there in that that point and and they're talking to him about it and nobody's telling him he has to do it and there's no threats it's saying we need this and by the way if you if you go in and he hasn't done this role in that plant though if you do this it'll really set you up really well to be the brewery manager now you don't have to do it but it'll set you up really well he felt like it was a bit of a step back because he has already done it it's it's what would his compensation be like so i worked with him so, well, have a dialogue with your boss and also the plant manager, who's not this boss, but the person that runs this continuous supply chain improvement thing. And he ended up taking the position. They gave him a bigger title. So they weren't locked into the title, right? They gave him a bigger title and they actually are going to uh, bump his compensation to be commensurate to that as well. And he's going to do it. But, but he was sitting over here trying to decide do I do or not? First, he had a decision. Second, he what he I think he had still this like ah. Uh, he went and talked, expressed concerns. They met, you know, right? That makes sense. Let's do this. Why? Because he's good, right? They see him as the future. Somebody running this operation. They want to do that. Control over your career. He had input. He first yes no. Second, okay, I think I want to do it. But I think I'm going to need these things to be able to do it. Got it. This final point really does pour into, it really dovetails into what we're talking about. One of the things we hear often from military officers as to why they're considering leaving the military is because the, the promotion, regardless of the work, everyone is promoted and compensated at the same rate and at the same level. Now, of course, the the rate of promotion starts to vary when you get into the 04, 05, 06 and beyond range, but certainly for the promotions to 02, 03 and really into the 04, you know, re, if you're an extremely high performing officer, if you're a middle of the road officer, and maybe some of this does come down to military retention, the preponderance, at least what we've seen, the preponderance of people will continue to promote at the same same rate at the same level. Yeah, I think it's, you know, would tell you really probably, I guess, in 05, 06, does it start to accelerate 
like where baseline you can you can move up a little faster, I guess. Um, and there's certainly in business there are some rules and things like that where you can't jump. Um, but it's a lot less, a lot, lot less programmed. And it's based on your performance. It's based on what you know. And, and so this is where I go where there's rules. You know, sometimes companies will say will look at it and say, um, we, we do need you to stay this in for a couple of years, just so you learn, right? Sometimes it's not just the rule because yeah. you know, the Bill Quillacy, um, long retired J and J regional sales manager talked about, oh, you know, people then once they figure out they think they've mastered it, we want them to see it again. Yeah. Then we want to see them have them see it a different way right. again. Then we want to see them a different way again. And so by the time you get to year three or four, they've seen it some different ways. But I say the vast majority of people, you know, your your the promotions are going to come a lot faster. And the neat thing uh, about promotions is your base pay will will go up, but so does your bonus percentage go up, and so it becomes these exponential increases in compensation over time. So it's control. It's that promotional opportunities coinciding with your compensation we can measure it to the roles that you have and how well you're performing um again this comes back to companies want to retain and promote people people that are doing well it's hard to find good people out there it's very hard to find good people good leaders most of you listening to our voices probably are thinking this but i, I just want to put an ex exclamation on a, what may feel like an obvious point but it does come down to performance. And I think that's an important side of it, but but a lot of people who are getting out of the military are those who say, hey, I wanna bet on myself. I wanna bet on my ability to bring true value to the organization, and in doing so, that's where the promotions occur. And so I just think it's important to, to, to stress, like promotions don't occur without the performance. But I think, again, for most of you who are thinking, that's the reason I want to get out of the military because I'm a high-performing military officer. That's where you, the promotions will occur when you deliver for the organization, bring value to the organization, um, and build a network. That's the other side of the promotion piece, performance and network. Okay, Joel, final thoughts? I don't really have a big final thought other than when, if you are already in the program thinking about getting out, hopefully this brought you a little bit of insight to some of the differences. And um, if you're thinking about getting out, give you some ideas, some of the differences and some, also if you're, these are some of the reasons you're thinking out, getting out, we understand. We've not only been there, we've talked to a lot of people that were in your shoes. We talked to people who have made the, the jump over and um, we understand. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast and you want, and you want to have a deeper dialogue or maybe just a question that comes up, Joel and I definitely make ourselves available, regardless of you're in the Cameron Brooks Development Preparation Program or not, we want to talk to you. So any questions, any issues, concerns, uh, you can reach us directly at area code 210-874-1500. Call us directly. Glad to jump on the phone and, and talk through any of this with you. So until next time, Joel, thanks for the time. You bet. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a great day.